welcome to The Ideas Show, the podcast about ideas that change the world and the people that make them happen. In this episode, our host Chris Sheen speaks to Nicholas Bry, author of The Entrepreneur's Factory, as he shares key stories and learnings from his book, shedding new light on the true essence of entrepreneurship. Enjoy the show. So I'm joined today by Nicholas Bry, the, uh, the author of a fantastic book called The Engineer's Factory, incredibly inspiring read. And, and Nicholas, it's, it's a delight to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, uh, Chris. Very nice to speak with you. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor. If, for those who haven't, haven't seen the book yet, it's, um, it's described as a practical guide for corporate managers who want to leverage entrepreneurship. Um, and I think it actually goes even further than that. It's a great guide for people thinking about entrepreneurship. But what I love about the book, Nicholas, is um, the stories that are in it. There's a fantastic array of, of stories about companies and individuals who've, who've really thrived in that world of entrepreneurship. And hopefully we'll talk about some of those today. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, actually, there are two parts. One part is really a practical guide for uh, an innovation manager who wants to set up an uh, entrepreneurship in his uh, corporation. And uh, we go over uh, through 10 steps to, uh, to achieve this goal. And the second part came along uh, the writing of the book. Uh, I said to myself, it's good, but it's it's a bit um, uh, methodological. <laughs> yeah. And it lacks uh, the human part, which is so important in entrepreneurship. And that's why I added uh, the 20 stories of entrepreneurs who share their experience, uh, the personal development uh, that uh, uh, they've been through and uh, um, the very various businesses that they have <laughs> developed. And also... Uh, um, they share a few tips for uh, the future entrepreneur that uh, might follow their example. And yeah, and it, and it works really well. It's a really nice balance, I think, between those two things. I'm looking forward to, to going a little bit deeper on those today. But um, with, with our podcast, we always start, start all of our interviews with our, our quick fire round of three questions. So if you're happy for us to kick off there, um, you're obviously now in, in strategic and open innovation at Orange. Um, but what did you want to be when you were younger? Well, they, actually, when I was a child, I wanted to be a, a, a soccer player, a footballer, you know, <laughs> maybe at Chelsea or, or Manchester City, whatever. Uh, and I said to myself, but why did I want to do that? And uh, uh, having given it a second thought, it was not really for the fame of it or for uh, being famous uh, uh, it was more because in uh, soccer, um, um, the team um, has a very strong importance compared to the individuals. And we, you really can see that uh, uh, the role can be more than the addition of the different players. And that's, I think that this collective uh, enthusiasm uh, is something uh, that I was looking for and that, that I found uh, many years later in innovation teams. It's much better when we have the collective uh, strengths going forward than only uh, the individuals. Fantastic. I like that. I like that a lot. There's, uh, there's definitely some analogies there about always striving towards the same goal that I'm sure we could go, in, go into. But, um, but yeah, funny enough, I think I wanted to, to be a footballer for Chelsea for many of my years, <laughs> um, but never, never quite made it. Um, great answer. So 
ideas have, have shaped the world as we know it, from the wheel to electricity, the internal combustion engine to the internet. What is your favorite idea of all time? Yes, yeah, so, uh, for me, I'm a, I'm a kind of a digital native, <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, uh, for me, the internet has, uh, has really been a, a very uh, a strong strike. And uh, uh, by connecting people again, by building uh, this collectivity, we, we can uh, have the ability to do extraordinary things. And we can also do the worst as we see uh, there are many complaints about social networks and so on and fake news. But uh, I believe I'm an optimistic. All innovators are in a way optimistic because they believe that their innovative ideas can be completed and change uh, something in the world. So um, uh, I, would, uh, I would select uh, the uh, invention of the internet. I think it's a, a good choice. I mean, we're recording this over the internet from Paris to London, and I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is, is through the internet. So it feels a, a very apt choice. Um, and finally, I think this is probably the most difficult question of the three. What is the one generally agreed upon rule or, or conventional piece of wisdom that you disagree with? Yeah, uh, one might actually say you need a, a power and an army of people and resources to change the world. But what Margaret Mead says, um, that the, the uh, accurate quote, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever was. Wow. I mean, it's one of our favourite, favourite quotes at Sideway 6, that one from Margaret <laughs> Mead. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic answer. Um, and a great, a great way to finish the, the quickfire round. Very well answered. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, so if we can move on, on to the book, and, and I want to start, um, start there, really, in terms of um, talking about entrepreneurship. What, what made you want to write the book? What led you to, to this part? Well, I, I created the entrepreneurship programme at Orange uh, four years ago, and I did uh, lead it for three years. And uh, during this time, I met with a lot of other entrepreneurship managers, innovation managers. And uh, after this meeting, I realized that I was more or less speaking about the same key, uh, key element to achieve, uh, to, to reach success for the program. So uh, I started to write down uh, what these key uh, steps would be. And, uh, and uh, the outcome was the 10 steps uh, to go through uh, which are explained in the uh, in the book, the Entrepreneur Factory. Fantastic! What better reason? You effectively you were being asked to write the book by people who were coming to you for advice. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, I like uh, uh, human contact, so uh, usually I I do both. I advise for the book, and uh, and we do also uh, a PI exchange. That's nice. That's nice. You don't just give them a copy of the book. So read that and come back to me later. <laughs> um, What's uh, entrepreneurship? There's, there's lots of definitions out there around how people um, talk about it. What, what's your personal favorite definition of, of what entrepreneurship is? Well, for me, entrepreneurship is a bottom-up uh, uh, in, uh, innovation initiatives uh, with the idea to start a business within a corporation. That would be the first part of definition. But uh, I would say that successful entrepreneurship meets with a top-down uh, 
endorsement. Uh, and that this meeting of the bottom-up and the top-down uh, uh, streams that makes the uh, entrepreneur project a success. That's fantastic. I think that that really comes through in the book, actually. It's certainly something that we see a lot is that it really does have to come from both sides. It's it's, it's so important that right from the very top of a, an organization that, that people really believe in the power of, of those ideas and, and the fact that a great idea can come from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So who or what inspired you into this career of innovation and, and entrepreneurship? I mean, obviously you started out wanting to be a footballer, you, you moved away from that dream and now you're, you're a, a, leading, a leading voice really in, in this world. What led you down this path at Orange? Well, um, when I started the leading innovation project, um, I was naturally very much uh, impressed by uh, the work done by uh, Alex Osterwalder on the business model canvas. By, on design thinking uh, by uh, IDEO and also uh, uh, Lean Startup by Eric Rice and uh, 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 Running Lean by Ash Moria. And Ash actually uh, did uh, uh, do the introduction to the book uh, by saying a uh, uh, very, uh, very nice comment. He said the startup uh, die because they don't find their customers and the corporation uh, uh, go down because they lose contact with their customers. And uh, in a way, entrepreneurship uh, is, a good, uh, is a good mode to uh, stay, uh, to stick with your customer needs and um, um, have your um, uh, portfolio of product and services evolve uh, in relationship with these customer needs. Uh, in another dimension, of course, uh, the Steve Jobs, uh, um, the Steve Jobs speech at, at Stanford is a really a must see, and uh, with the famous quote of uh, "Stay foolish," uh, which is uh, which is also a good uh, qualification for what is innovation. That's fantastic. I mean, the couple of things there that the Steve Jobs talk that you talked about there, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. That's I'm a, a proper Steve Jobs fanboy. And, and you're right, like that is a must see speech for anyone who, who kind of really believes in driving businesses forward. Um, and the, and the, 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 um, the preface in your book, the introduction written by Ash is absolutely superb. And we've definitely stolen parts of that for the description of this, uh, this episode, because it's, it's really inspiring. Um, and uh, in other words, uh, one might say that innovation is about uh, an invention with a business model, a creative solution that meets uh, with its customers. Uh, but I like also to say that uh, innovation is uh, when you start believing that uh, your ID uh, can change the world and uh, that uh, uh, you can make it happen yourself. I love that. Be the, really the change that you want to see. Uh, that's a quote from uh, Gandhi. That's a, it's a very inspiring stuff. There's some, there's some good, good lines of wisdom to follow there without a doubt. Um, so we talked about some of the examples and, and stories of entrepreneurship that, that are in the book. Um, I wondered if you could maybe share with us one or two of your favorite stories that you've kind of uncovered in, in writing the book. We'd, we'd love to hear more about those. Yeah, um, one and a uh, very... Um, relevant story for me was uh, a project that was uh, uh, selected uh, during the third season of the uh, Orange Entrepreneurship Program. 
Uh, it's an idea that came from uh, uh, an employee at Orange Guinea on the, on the west side of Africa. And he said, uh, uh, in Guinea, the streets, they are just like uh, Paris streets. Uh, but just after uh, three days of strike of uh, the uh, trash collectors. <laughs> and uh, in Guinea, it's every day like this. So there are traces everywhere that are not collected. And um, we dig in uh, into this problem. And uh, the problem is not that they are not trash collectors. The problem is the payment of the trash collectors. And with the orange money mean of payment in Africa, very successful 50 million users of this service in Africa, uh, we have a way to uh, bring a solution to this market and uh, setting up a marketplace between uh, consumer and trash collectors. And uh, uh, so the way that he described the idea finding a, 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 an unfair uh, competitive advantage with the orange money solution was really what we were trying to do with this entrepreneurship program, develop new businesses, but that uh, leverage uh, orange assets. Uh, and he was awarded by the jury. And I remember I, I said to myself, uh, three years before, uh, I would not have bet that an orange jury would have selected a trash collection project. You know, it, it seems quite away from the core business, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but he succeeded. And, and uh, that's really uh, insightful. I mean, fantastic examples there, I think. I've also, um, you know, you talked about ideas changing the world, but being quite selfless in the, their, their ideas as well, not just focusing on kind of maybe the key goal of what the company wants to be there, but actually looking looking wider. The, the story of Guinea is very inspiring. And, you know, that must be for you very um, inspiring to be part of as well, to be able to see those kind of projects come through. Uh, exactly. Uh, there are also many projects that don't come through, but uh, that's the way innovation uh, is. Uh, there are many setbacks and uh, uh, we have to uh, uh, behave in a way that we learn from this setback and that we don't consider it as a, a definite failures. Yeah, well, I think that leans pretty quite nicely actually into my next question. So one of the things you talk about really, uh, really clearly, I think in the book is, is around this. So what do you think are the most common reasons that entrepreneurship can fail in a company? Why do you think it, it can fail? Yeah, Ashmaria says it for startup. Don't uh, don't focus uh, only on your ID, but uh, try to figure out what problem for your users uh, you are solving. So don't fall in love with your ID. He says um, focus on the problem and then try to capture the value. And um, many entrepreneurs have no experience in leading innovation projects, so uh, they are very determined. And sometimes they get a bit stubborn about uh, their ideas. So they have to learn to be flexible at the same time and listen to uh, what their uh, user target is saying or adapt the, the user target if this is not the right target. Uh, so stubborn and flexible uh, at the same time, it's, it's uh, uh, those are um, uh, qualities that uh, Jeff Bezos uh, highlight when he speak uh, about uh, innovators. That's great advice. No, that's, that's really strong. And yeah, I mean, Amazon have, have mm -hmm. been as good as anyone in that in that space really in, in recent years. 
not bad. Yeah, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Um, um, so I wanted to move to to, to probe you for uh, with a few questions actually that, that we get asked a lot and it'd just be really interesting to get your take on it as someone who's been doing this for a long time successfully at Orange and Beyond. Um, so this one's always a really interesting question is, do you think that entrepreneurs should be incentivized financially or, or otherwise to share their ideas? Well, um, in the book, uh, The Entrepreneur Factory, I, I suggest 10 steps and of, of course, the reward of the entrepreneur is part of this uh, step. Um, but I, uh, most of the time, I don't uh, uh, propose a straight answer because they, uh, most of the time, depends on the culture of the company. Uh, and I, I share examples from 40 corporations uh, during these 10 steps uh, so that the innovation manager who reads the book can pick up what he thinks uh, is right for his uh, environment. Uh, in this case, um, I think that uh, the intrinsic motivation is uh, more important than the extrinsic motivation. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, uh, entrepreneur handover uh, 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 um, commitment shall not be rewarded. Um, so for example, at Orange, we set up a certificate for entrepreneurship once the entrepreneur had completed the entrepreneurship program and, and bringing the idea to market. Uh, he had to uh, present a, a, short, uh, a short study about what he had learned, how he had developed leadership skills, innovation skills, uh, team building and networking skills, navigating within Orange. And uh, uh, at the end of this, he, he was uh, awarded with a certificate from uh, HEC, uh, a famous French business school. So that's, that's not a money in, in incentive, incentive um, but uh, uh, that was very, very well perceived by the entrepreneurs. That was a kind of passport also for, uh, for his career to, uh, to apply for other jobs. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So it's a really way, great way of, of um, rewarding some of their efforts and giving them something they can kind of a badge of honor they can, can put on their CV and, and take into. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that approach. Um, how important do you think taking ownership of ideas is? Does an employee if you need to be willing to take the idea through to being implemented? How important do you think that part is of entrepreneurship? Uh, again. Uh, um... There are um, ideas collection program, and there is uh, entrepreneurship, and they share commonalities, obviously, but uh, they don't need to be exactly the same. So I think it's important to collect ideas, and for those who don't want to go uh, further, to reward them and to see how the uh, idea can be further transformed into a concrete business. And for those uh, who have the determination to, to let them uh, uh, to unleash their energy. Uh, another point is that uh, sometimes the uh, initial uh, uh, entrepreneur uh, would uh, uh, achieve the, a kind of uh, uh, product market fit uh, um, is not exactly uh, uh, the same person who will be able to uh, integrate the idea into uh, uh, an existing business and scale and scale the project. Um, 
So uh, uh, one might also consider to, uh, to have a handover during the uh, entrepreneurship uh, journey. Um, that's why also that's what also we, we did in, in the adaptation of entrepreneurship in Africa. Uh, we have there uh, much smaller affiliates and uh, uh, they are not always uh, uh, happy or they are not uh, always willing to uh, uh, um, allocate a, a full time for entrepreneurship for their employee. So uh, we welcome uh, every uh, employees to share ideas, to uh, have a first test during uh, a, few, a few weeks to uh, capture customer insight. And then when the innovation project gets uh, uh, buy-in and validation to go forward, um, it's, it's not always the, uh, um, the initial employee who, who takes the leads of the project uh, um, because uh, either it doesn't want to or either it's difficult for the affiliate to allocate 100% time for him. That's great. So it's a really, a really good advice. I think it, it, ensuring that you can still unlock the ideas in the business without be creating blockers because people maybe don't have the resource at, at that point. That's great advice. Um, how important um, do you think measurement is for entrepreneurship campaigns and, and what metrics are important to measure and maybe which ones aren't as important in your view? Yeah, in the, in the uh, entrepreneur factory, I sort out uh, three kinds of metrics. Uh, business metrics, transformation metrics, and uh, uh, social impact metrics, uh, societal impact. Uh, the first one, uh, business metrics, of course, we, you, can find, you can think of uh, revenues or uh, um, attracting new customers or growing uh, the, the number of transactions and so on. Uh, this metrics depend also on the timelines you uh, measure them on. So uh, at the beginning, uh, the revenue team might be uh, a bit uh, uh, small compared to the usual uh, business stream of the corporation. Um, but uh, in terms of business, you have also to consider, in my opinion, uh, the impact of the on the customer experience. Does this new service create a, a new customer experience that makes uh, the brand uh, uh, the brand more worthwhile. Um, uh, does it uh, does it bring a, a differentiation uh, toward the competition? Uh, does it have a net promotion score score that is uh, also uh, building a, a very positive word of mouth? So this is what we call the customer experience revenue metric uh, metrics. Uh, second is the transformation. I. I I talked about it with the transformation of the entrepreneur, but we calculated that an entrepreneur uh, during the course of his project might meet with 200 people within the corporation. And so um, the impact that he makes toward the people he meet by uh, uh, sharing about his project, um, developing this uh, uh, entrepreneurship mindset within the corporation is very important as well. And third, uh, uh, within the 40 uh, programs uh, that are incorporated into the book, there are many who have also a societal impact uh, uh, objective. Uh, for example, at uh, BNP, they, they call them uh, uh, social entrepreneurs. And so, uh, of course, uh, 
to uh, to reconciliate or to balance uh, the societal impact with the business impact is a challenge for for the project. Uh, my advice in, on these metrics is that it's better to define them and agree with them with your sponsor before you start the program that, uh, than in the course of the program. <laughs> it may seem obvious, but my experience <laughs> showed that uh, uh, many times uh, those metrics are, are defined during the program uh, when we do the first um, uh, reviews of the program. That's, um, that's fantastic advice. It's, it's probably my favourite section of the book, actually, when you when you talk about that, and I think it's so true. It's um, one of my favourite questions to ask is, you know, what will success look like in 12 months or in five years? What will success look like? And it's, exactly. uh, it's great to ask those questions at the start rather than, yeah, halfway through. And if you don't ask the question uh, to your sponsor, uh, you will never get the answer. <laughs> And if you ask the question, you might be surprised by the answer, but uh, it's part of the game. That's great advice. Great advice. So we've got a, a few more here. So my penultimate question, tell us a little bit about what you're working on at Orange in terms of innovation. What, what are you most excited about right now? Oh, so for the, for the past year, um, I've been uh, helping the 20 innovation manager of Orange in Africa. We are present in 20 countries, so one innovation manager per country. And uh, uh, we have uh, designed together uh, a process to collect ideas and to uh, test them through uh, simple experiments uh, with end users uh, in a few weeks. And then the innovation managers uh, hand over to uh, uh, what we might say an exploitation team that will uh, really develop the product and services and, and uh, achieve the go-to-market. Go um, our objective with this is to test five creative solutions per semester, so 10 per year. And uh, if you multiply by uh, 20 countries, that makes uh, a portfolio of uh, 200 creative solutions tested over the region, and that would be tremendous. Um, to achieve this, uh, we have uh, set up a, a radio innovation channel. Every week, uh, we invite startup or innovation manager working uh, over the African uh, continent to share their experience, to uh, speak about their market, about the innovation that uh, that they are designing. Um, and uh, this radio channel is also a good place for uh, the innovation manager of Orange who have uh, developed a local project to share uh, their success and to uh, foster the replication of the successes over the region. Love it. It's really exciting. There's, um, we'll, we'll, again, we'll share some links in the show notes, but um, there's, some, there's some projects that you've shared with me that you guys are working on that are, that are really very inspirational. So we'll, we'll be sure to share the links. And, uh, and yeah, that's, keep up. That's, uh, I think this, uh, the, this way to uh, uh, facilitate a community is also an evolution of uh, uh, some of the innovation division or department. Uh, which uh, spreads the innovation uh, uh, inspiration within business unit. And then when business unit and internal, internal department uh, uh, appropriate uh, uh, the, uh, the movement, uh, the innovation department act as support for them uh, um, to, to facilitate uh, their, their project. But uh, 
the business unit and the department uh, become in charge of developing uh, the innovative uh, solution. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's the ultimate way to create that true culture of ideas and innovation that, you know, yeah. I think uh, that you guys really have done and I know that many companies would, would love to love to get to. Um, and, and final question um, for you, Nicholas, um, what, what advice would you give to any budding entrepreneurs out there who are listening to this today? Um, I thought that for me, it would be more easy to give an advice to uh, uh, any budding uh, entrepreneurship uh, manager. Uh, (laughs) That's good too. You can give us that too. (laughs) Was to start an entrepreneurship or an innovation program. So uh, quickly, my my answer would be uh, uh, read my book and please, please contact me on LinkedIn so we can have a chat about it. Uh, I'm always happy to, to give an hand and, and to, to provide a, a review of uh, what they plan to do and to, to, uh, to have some uh, um, very concrete experience feedback to, to share with them. Well, that's, uh, that's an awesome offer. And uh, anyone listening to this, please do take Nicholas up, up on that because uh, <laughs> he's got a hell of a lot of great experience to share and the book is, the book is fantastic. Um, thank you so much for all your time today. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a fantastic conversation. And uh, I, yeah, keep up the incredibly inspiring work uh, over at Orange. Thank you, Chris. And you know that a good question helps to uh, share a good uh, answer. So uh, you hit the nail uh, with your question. Thank you. Very kind, very kind. Cheers, Nicholas. Thank you. And that's the end of the show. Thank you to Nicholas for joining us for today's episode of The Ideas Show. If you enjoyed what you heard on the episode and would like to purchase a copy of The Entrepreneur's Factory, we'll share a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.